gift of his head. It is easy to keep the name of disciple, but it is difficult to maintain the discipleship. First, one has to wash the dirt from within. Then one has to weep in the remembrance of the beloved one. One has to sigh cold sighs. He who wants to meet the beloved earns the love with a true heart. This is a very good opportunity to meet God. One has to die while living in this world. One has to give up happiness and climb the cross. From the outside, it is very easy to be called a servant or disciple, but it is very difficult to maintain the discipleship. If the disciple is independent of the passions and pleasures of the world, within him will be the kingdom of Kripal. Ajayb says, then it is very easy to go in the court of the Lord. O disciple, it is difficult to maintain the discipleship. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 79. Sika Sriki Dani Bona Okae Sika Sriki Dani Bona Okae Mehemeri Atoni Sirdi charani pendi me meri atoni pendi beta sirdi charani.
I'm Sikh, 
difficult to maintain the discipleship. Our next bhajan is on page 84. Beloved Sawan Kripal, why don't you give us your darshan? We are great sinners, cut down all the dangers. We have come to your door. Why don't you attach us to your feet? We have wandered over the whole world and have not received any support. Why don't you show everyone the beautiful divine light? I am your soul, yet still I have become the slave of the mind. I am surrounded by the trap of Maya. Why don't you come and save me? Divert the waves of mind. Join the disconnected souls. Breaking the cup of sins, why don't you make us drink the nectar? Oh, Satguru, I am a useless soul. You yourself have to give me support. Why don't you remove Ajayb's pain of separation? Beloved Sawan Kripal, why don't you give us your darshan? Bhajan of Sanchi on page 84. Sawan kirpal piyare Darshandi kande kyo nahi Sawan kirpal piyare Darshandi kande kyo nahi Asiha papi bare Kat devo san kat sare Asiha papi bare Kat devo san kat sare Chalakeha aye devare Chalakeha aye devare Chalanavichalande kyo nahi Sawangirapalapirare
you give us your darshan. The next World Religions class will be on Saturday, March 6th at 2 p.m. And the satsang on that Sunday, March 7th, will not be here at our usual place, 
but at Chris and Jeanette Phelps' house for March 7th only. In the meantime, remember that the Bandara for Master Kripal's birthday this year will be on the weekend of February 21st. A treat will be in store for you in addition to all the usual things. It is my hope, and I have good reason to hope it at this point, that the Sanji's last book on the Vars of Bhai Gurdad will be available at the retreat. You can look forward to that. Master's birthday, of course, is actually on February 6th, and the Rouhani Satsang does sponsor this simultaneous meditation. As in the past, we ask all sincere seekers to join together at the same moment for a simultaneous worldwide five to sixty minute or longer meditation. The amount of time will depend upon where you are at the appointed time. If you are at work, excuse yourself for a few minutes. The designated time is 12 noon Greenwich Mean Time, which is 7 a.m. New York, 4 a.m. Los Angeles, 1 p.m. Paris, etc. The positive inner power generated by Master through all of our meditation at the same time every year can only result in great blessing, not only for those participating, but for mankind in general, a great gift from Master for our giving so little of our time and attention to Him, whom we love so much. Please join us to celebrate Master's birthday. Signed by the Board of Directors of Ruhani Satsang. So that would be a very powerful thing. And it shouldn't be difficult for any of us to do that. I do have another announcement of a very different nature. I don't know if any of you know Evan McNeil, that he was killed early this morning on his motorcycle in Virginia. He was 29. And I knew Evan well. He was a student of mine at St. Bonnie. His parents, Larry and Katie McNeil, lived in New Hampshire for many years, moved to Virginia. Evan came back to New Hampshire to do St. Bonnie School as a high school student, lived with Lark and Pete Blair while he attended the school. And many, many people knew him and his family, both in New Hampshire and in Virginia. You know, our fate karma runs out and we have to go. There's no way around it. Lately, it does seem as a great many people, very dearly beloved by all of us, have been leaving very early on in their lifespans. And it's hard. It's very hard. And if you know the bhajan that we just read, Sanchi, I believe, you know, deliberately takes the point of view of the imperfect disciple who is is not on top of everything, does not understand everything, does not know how to react perfectly from the point of view of someone who is uh, totally uh, one with God and, you know, sings from the point of view of the person who is useless, disconnected, the slave of the mind, has not received any support, is a great sinner, 
all of those phrases he uses in the course of the bhajan to refer to himself. And finally, his pain of separation. And I think by, you know, by participating in his willingness to see it from our point of view, we can rise above it. So I personally feel when people die suddenly and too young and leave us behind, you know, with a great big hole, I grieve. And I don't have any problem with that because it's hard. And we can, you know, in our heart of hearts, we can know, okay, Evan and whoever, Pete and whoever else has gone this year, including some that, you know, Angie McDowell in Texas or New Mexico, I think she lived, she died a few months ago, Ann Gordon last January, all of these people could have lived a lot longer. They were all dear to me. I knew them all well. Virginia, of course, but Virginia lived a full life, God bless her. And we have no call to be unhappy that she was went to Master when she did. But when people leave suddenly and too soon, yes, all of the things that Sanchi says here in this bhajan, all of the ways in which he sees it from our point of view. They all come into play, you know, and we can ask, okay, make it clear to us, Master. Show us. Help us deal with this. Anyway, any loving thoughts that you have for Evan's parents, Larry and Katie, God bless them. They're very dear friends of mine. You can send them your loving thoughts because I'm sure it's extremely hard on them. I've been going over some of the early writings of Master Kripal, which I used to read over and over again. They preceded any of the books, and they mean a lot to me. Some of them, This particular one that I want to read is one of the earliest writings that was ever published, dated January 1st, 1952, but it was... Obviously, a talk given on the birthday of Baba Sawan Singh called throughout this talk Hazur, which of course Master used to refer to Sawan Singh all the time that way, as Sanchi referred to Kripal that way. That this talk was obviously given at the preceding birth anniversary, so it dates from July 1951. And I don't know anything earlier except the brief life sketch of Baba Sawan Singh. Sections of this have been published. A section of it is in the way of the saints in connection with Master's life of Baba Sawan Singh. But much of it is not. And I do want to read the last part of this talk in which Master comments on both the uh, things that happened around the creation of Pakistan, which involved many terrible things, and also the fact that the satsangis no longer sit together, the sat disciples of Sawansing. He says, Satguru is Sat, truth or God personified. He would therefore unite all the children of God in one common brotherhood. Spirituality knows no differences and no distinctions. 
for the two cannot exist at one and the same time. Where there is no spirituality, ethical life too gradually decays. I still remember that 40 years back, Mohammedans would attend the discourses in Gudvaras, that is, the Sikh temples. They participated in Hindu weddings and joined their nuptial processions. Like true brothers, they attended their rituals and knew not in the least that they were in any way different from their Hindu brethren. But see today the depth of degradation to which things have sunk. Let religious differences apart. A brother does not like to talk with a brother. The followers of Hazur should make a special note of this because Hazur used to sit amongst thousands while we cannot sit together. When we are co-tipplers at the same tavern and drink the same wine of God's love, why should we not congregate at one place? It is with painful feelings that I am obliged to utter these sad words. Such of the audience who are listening to these woeful words should at least act on what I say. In whatever direction we may go, we find the same earth and the same sky. In the same way, we have one master and only one who is everlasting and immortal. It is said, far removed are they from the cycle of births and deaths. They come into the world for a selfless service. By a transfusion of their life impulse, the seeds of devotion are sown and the individuals are linked up with God. The Master, through all-embracing compassion, infuses in us his love and thus gathers the soul at its center behind the two eyebrows. What a great blessing this is. As we go through the teachings of Swamiji, Tulsi Sahib, Daduji, Kabir Sahib, and Hazur, we find that they all talk on one and the same thing. The life of one who has had an opportunity to meet any high-souled personage becomes transformed, and the very purpose of his life is fulfilled. Azur belonged to that high order as described above. In fact, all Mahatmas are imbued with the same color. Just as one bulb of a thousand watts, when fused, is exchanged for another, so too is the case with these master souls, and the self-same light continually shines through them without an end. Once, when in Ferozpur, I met a satsangi, Though sat, truth, pervades everywhere and is constantly at work just behind the iron curtain of the mind, yet one who has by a process of withdrawal freed his spirit of ignorance that separates the physical and subtle planes, he alone can claim to be satsangi in the true sense of the word. On the other hand, one who has not even joined the school of spirituality has hardly any claim to style himself a satsangi. But in sheer delusion of the self, we fall a victim of narrow-minded and petty jealousies and prejudices. A person got an offering from a gudvara in one hand 
that is prashad, ritual prashad, handed out in the Sikh temples. He held his hand behind his back and extended the other to avail of another turn of the offering, but found to his dismay that the offering already received was snatched away by a dog from behind. Naturally, the distributor in front refused to offer the prashad offering once again. We are exactly in a similar plight. We have no moorings at all and are continuously adrift. In the common man, abstract principles come first, and hence most of us are rogues and cheats. And I think that that particular statement, well, on the surface it may seem to not follow, but the idea is that if we put abstract principles first and do not notice the human difficulties and problems surrounding us, that is, how what we do or say affects the human beings and whether or not it hurts them or makes it harder for them, then we in fact act like rogues and cheats. The fault lies neither with the satsang or the spiritual discourse, nor with the spiritual personalities, but with the lack of discrimination in us. The great soul in whose memory we have congregated together this day had the ideal of uniting the people of different religious beliefs and creeds in bonds of fellowship. Azur, during his last illness, once called me and said, Gripal Singh, set up such a common platform on which persons of different religious denominations might find a meeting place for the love of the Lord. Never follow or use any one set of speech, or else the people will once again degenerate into narrow circles or groups. I have always told the satsangis that I was well pleased with all forms of salutation, such as Ram Ram, Salam, and Namaskar, but they never understood me correctly. And this, of course, is a reference to the use of Radhaswami as a greeting and as a kind of an encode that Radhaswami's, of which Baba Samhain Singh's disciples, and for that matter, Kripal's disciples, of course, are. But what Samhain Singh is objecting to here and wants Kripal Singh to not do is to not identify with that in that kind of way, that is, on the level of the label and which, again, we people, we become an in-group which excludes people who are not like us. He ordered me to name the very spot where you are sitting just now as Ruhani Satsang, translated as a college of spirituality. But the thing is, Ruhani, of course, means spiritual. Ruha is the Urdu Arabic and Hebrew word for soul, and also breath, by the way. In the first chapter of Genesis, when it says that the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, in verse 3, the word that is used there, the Hebrew word for spirit, is ruha. And that follows in various forms throughout, in Urdu, of course, is the Arabic-based, Persian-based language of northern India, which also connects with Hindi and which 
is written in the Arabic script, which was Master Kripal's favorite language, in which he, when he had the choice, he wrote and read in. That was his language of personal choice. So the Ruhani Satsang means the Satsang, the association with truth, which is the literal meaning of Satsang, on the level of the spirit or the soul. And the implication is that it has no, there is no exclusion, there is no labeling that keeps one person in and another person out, psychologically or otherwise. So he ordered me to name the very spot where you are sitting just now as Ruhani Satsang, and intoxication is alike for one and all, no matter whether one be a Hindu or a Mohammedan or a Christian. If in a tavern tipplers of all types sit together in a common drinking bout, regardless of caste and creed, why then should there be any thought of such differences amongst the tipplers of God's wine? The truth of the matter is that we have not yet tasted a drop of the divine liquor, or else there could be no such talk or even thought of such differences. All these denominational distinctions vanish into thin air the moment one sits in the company of saints and sips this wine. With the blessings of the saints, I have now no enemy or even one who may be said to be an alien. All are now friends to me. The association of the saints works out all distinctions and differences. Most of us have had an opportunity to attend the spiritual discourses of Hazur, and at these none even know or felt as to who sat next to him, whether it was a cobbler or a wealthy person. A kind of kindling atmosphere prevailed and time seemed to stand still. It was all due to his blessing, and that blessing of his still continues even to this day. We shall bring dust from the portals of the Beloved, and with it shall set up a separate Kaaba, or place of worship, of our own. Of course, the Kaaba is the central place of Muslim worship in Mecca. It is that which the pilgrimages to Mecca actually eventually circumnavigate, go around. And Master says, that which helps in building a Kaaba or a place of devotion is just within you and is to be drawn out. One who has been able to realize this can help you to do likewise and the hidden treasure will become manifest. Sir Muhammad Iqbal and Swami Ramgivta were great friends. Sir Muhammad Iqbal was a great Urdu poet uh, who lived in Lahore, where, of course, Master Kripal lived for many years. And he was knighted by the British master. I don't know if he knew him personally or not, but he often, in the early writings, he often refers to him. And Swami Ramgivta was a Hindu holy man of the same place and time. So they were great friends. While one learnt Persian, the other did Sanskrit. After the death of Swami Ramgivta, his son went to England to learn mining engineering. On his return to India, Iqbal greeted him with the words, Your father died in excavating the mysteries of heaven, and you would now excavate the mysteries of earth. We too are in the same condition. 
We are tied to the dust and dirt of the earth, and unless we are able to leave the plane of senses by withdrawing the spirit, we cannot look heavenwards. Thy abode, O beloved, is in heaven, but thou art bound to the earth. You belong to a region which is non-material, but you are tied down to the material earth. It is said, How long, O man, wilt thou play with the dust just like a child? Before you leave the body, you must learn to unravel the mysteries of heaven. The mysteries of heaven can be solved by penetrating into Gagan, the astral plane, that is, by withdrawing the spirit from the physical body and going into the astral, and from there on to Brahmand or the causal plane, and further on to Sachkhand, the abode of bliss. This you can only learn from the person who has already traversed all these realms, and the journey can only be undertaken with the help and guidance of such a being. It is impossible otherwise to withdraw the soul from the plane of senses. This physical raiment is just like a magic box, and we cannot possibly get out of it. One who has succeeded in breaking through this house of wonder can teach you how to do likewise. Blessed are those who have already achieved this, whether they be Hindus or Muslims. If this thing has not been accomplished, the very purport of life is defeated. Do not deceive yourself in the belief that you will get salvation simply because you are a Hindu or a Sikh or a Christian. The outer religion is of no avail in this matter. It is only a stepping stone which everyone has to step on in order to proceed further. It enables one to lead a life of piety and good conduct. The moment this is achieved, religion has fulfilled its purpose. You have now just to take the next step, seek instructions from some master of the path, and under his guidance tap within and go up into the astral or subtle world. Thou art one who possessed a body quite distinct and apart from this physical form. Fear not, then, to leave this body and escape from this prison house. Once an initiate in his daily devotions came to the verge of taking a great leap into the world beyond, but he cried out, Oh, I am about to die. When death is the end of life, is it not a good fortune to know the way to the other side of the grave while one lives? This physical body has ten portals or orifices, namely two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, mouth, urinary organ, and the rectum, nine of which are physical, while the tenth is an invisible outlet or exit and is known as Nukta Isveda by the Mohammedans, Shiv Netra by the Hindus, or the third eye as distinct from the two physical eyes. Oh, thou art really blind, as thou knowest not the exit. Just as children get wild with excitement when they see an elephant coming, but when it reaches them, make way for it, in the same way the people first scoff and laugh at the high-souled saint, 
But when they find their jeers and pinpricks are in vain and have no effect on him, and that in spite of these he grows in influence and power, they begin to hurl abuses on him and lastly become greedy for a fight. But in the end they have to acknowledge his greatness and bow down in shame. This indeed is the way of the world. Guru Nanak, for instance, was dubbed a Kuraya, or one with a perverted intellect who went about leading people astray. What, after all, was at the bottom of it? He had forsaken his wife and children, his family and household, and undertook four long and arduous journeys, each covering a period of twelve years. In his wanderings of about half a century, he preached truth to stumbling humanity, steeped in utter ignorance. Accursed was the tongue that dared call such a selfless and high-souled saint a karaya. But the people, too, are not to be blamed, for their discriminative eye, the third eye that alone sees the truth, is closed and they see not and distinguish not the chaff from the grain. These were the folk who crucified Christ, the living Son of the living God. But knowing all this, these exalted beings utter no words of complaint, keep their lips sealed in the service of God, suffer untold miseries, and smilingly meet tortuous deaths at his bidding just to fulfill his purpose. Once Jesus, while lunching with his disciples, said, From amongst thee who are sitting around me, one shall betray me and get me crucified. In the fullness of time, one of his very disciples reported against him and got him crucified. When his end came near, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Once Hazrat Ibrahim was sitting in a boat, and amongst the voyagers was a rich merchant with a few of his companions. To amuse the rich man, his friends began to play pranks. As Ibrahim, the man of God, sat absorbed in his own thoughts, they began to jest and jeer at him. Ibrahim, however, kept his peace. He heard within him the voice of God saying, Oh, Ibrahim, these people are trying to belittle thee and degrade thee, and I cannot stand this nonsense. If thou so wishest, I would like to overturn this boat and drown them all. Hazrat replied, O God, why dost thou not topple down their perverted understanding, that their eyes may open and they should know thee? The blessings and munificence of God are coming down continuously. Do not feel disappointed, but adjust yourself towards him, to feel all his gifts. The greatness of a Mahatma does not consist in this, that he should possess a palace to live in or have a large following. On the contrary, it lies in his grace. He forgives even the heinousness of sinners. He has compassion for those who come even to murder him. The mother will never thrust away a child, even though he may have soiled himself with dirt. She will rather clean him all over and embrace him to her breast. In the same way, the high-souled saints cleanse the downtrodden jivas 
or the embodied souls stuck up in the quagmire of the worldly dirt and make them turn over a new leaf. All these things that I am telling you I found reflected in the nature of Hazur. The greatest thing that I found in him was that he would try to liberate people from the rigors of religious forms and rituals and to understand the true profit of life. He never asked a person to leave off his code of religious morals, nor to die in them bound hand and foot. He simply opened his eyes to the truth within. Man by nature is gregarious and lives in society and has a necessity to make social rules and regulations so that he may live at peace with his brethren. All codes of morals serve like a nurse to the dame reality and help in the birth of a child, the regeneration of man. No religion permits the immolation of women or the killing of persons. But alas, what man has done with man is too scandalous to be put on record. After the partition of this country, the people in the name of religion polluted the chastity of women and killed hundreds of thousands of innocent persons. If all this gruesome and ghastly dance of death cannot serve to open our eyes, we cannot possibly mend ourselves. If we had a grain of feeling in us, we ought to hang our heads in shame. There are, however, a few awakened souls among us, but these are very rare, and such rendered a valuable yeoman service in those most trying and troubled times. I would like to relate a couple of instances of Hazur in those days. Hazur was physically ailing, for body alone is subject to diseases, and the great souls very often vicariously take upon themselves the people's burden of karmic action. During partition days, when passions were running high, some Muslims came to Hazur for protection. He lovingly kept them in the Dera. In September 1947, Hazur planned to go to Amritsar. When I went to see him with the hope of accompanying him to Amritsar, Hazur bade me remain at Dera and look after the comforts of the Dera people and the Muslims according to the exigencies at the moment. A Muslim caravan was to leave that day for Pakistan. Hazur therefore enjoined me to escort the Muslims of the Dera to that caravan. It so happened that a torrential downpour of rain came on that day. Hazur felt a deep agony and said, Our Muslim brethren are in a very poor plight, but we have no sympathy for them in our heart. And of course, the what's going on here is that when the partition occurred between India and Pakistan, which was right at this time, summer and fall of 1947, wherever the line was drawn, if on India the Muslims had to leave and go to Pakistan, and in Pakistan, the Sikhs and Hindus left and went to India. And in fact, there was tremendous amount of violence, as Master was saying. And both communities, which had lived perfectly harmoniously for many, many, many years, were uh, involved in killing, raping, and so forth. Because the Dera, Baba Salan Singh's ashram, 
was on the India side of the border, but very close to it. The area, the Muslims of that area wanted to get across the border into Pakistan. And there was, I mean, they were afraid for their lives. So Baba Sawan Singh was protecting them. As Hazur started for Amritsar, he saw a huge crowd of Muslims near Bayas railway station. A Jamadar with a loaded gun was in the car with him, and in spite of his remonstrances, Hazur ordered the car to be taken right towards the Muslim horde and pulled it up just in their midst. He called for the leader of the Muslim caravan and with tears in his eyes said, I have in the Dera a few Muslim brethren and would very much like to see them safely escorted across the border. Such indeed are the acts of high-souled saints. His heart was full of compassion and pity for the suffering humanity. In the evening, a truckload of Muslims prepared to join the evacuees on the march when all of a sudden I heard the news that a band of armed Akalis, which were radical Sikhs, they were the ancestors of the present-day Sikhs who are advocating for a separate country called Khalistan and who assassinated Indira Gandhi, actually. These were their predecessors. I heard the news that a band of armed Akalis had gathered near Dara and intended to raid it and massacre the Muslims. All alone I went to them, full of confidence in Hazur's munificence and greatness. A few of the Akalis with spears and spades blocked my way. I said to them, These helpless brethren have come to Hazur for protection. It behooves the Khalsas, the Sikhs, to extend the protection that they seek. The spirit of the Khalsa requires no demands that those who seek mercy must be given mercy. You had better hug them to your bosom. Hearing these words, a couple of aged Akalis came forward and said, You have this day saved the Khalsas from what would otherwise have been a great sacrilege and a heinous crime of taking away the life of so many of these poor souls. We shall not now touch a hair of these people. All this transformation from a bloodthirsty mood to that of sympathy and fellow feeling came through the grace of Hazur. As the truck was about to pass by the Akalis, I stopped it and said, These brethren of ours are today, that is the Muslims, are today quitting their hearths and homes, not because of any hatred towards us, but are being driven to it by sheer necessity. We have all these years been living together in peace and concord. Will it not be good if we bid goodbye to them with loving embraces? This touched them to the core. In an instant, I found the two, that is, Akalis and Muslims, hugging each other with tears streaming down their cheeks, the two who a short while before were anxious to cut each other's throats. No religion permits manslaughter or genocide. We indulge in these things because we are taught the wrong way, and religion is used as a smokescreen for the perpetration of dastardly deeds to serve selfish ends. There are instances on record wherein the Muslims also saved the lives of Hindus and vice versa. A friend of mine narrated to me an instance which he witnessed at Lahore after the partition. 
and Lahore, of course, became part of Pakistan. One day he was standing near Nila Gumbad when a Muslim came to him and asked him to go to the top story of a nearby building. At first he felt hesitant, but when he did go there, he found a Sikh preparing his meal. The latter told him how, since the communal disturbances, he was being looked after by the Muslims, who supplied him with rations and had assured him that after the passions cooled down, he would be escorted to safety to wheresoever he wanted to go. Then the Muslim took him to another room where the Holy Granth was lying in state. The fact remains that whoever has learnt the true import of his religion has an all-embracing love for the entire humanity and is not torn by sectional and communal love. It is said, O man of wisdom, Moses, thou art sent to knit people unto me, God, and not to lead my people away from me. Once a shepherd boy, leaving his goats to pasture in a meadow, sat under a tree and lovingly began to commune with God in this wise. O oh God, I wish that both of us should live side by side. I shall not make thee discomfortable. Shouldst thou fall ill, I shall attend thee day and night. Shouldst thou get tired, I shall massage thy hands and feet. I shall bring thee barley bread and spinach to eat and give thee goats fresh milk to drink. I shall pick up lice from thy hair and give thee a hair wash with milk and curd. The shepherd boy was deeply absorbed in these thoughts when the prophet Moses passed that way. He shouted at the boy and said, O fool, why art thou blaspheming? God is altogether unlike thee and shall not eat thy barley bread and spinach nor shall he ever fall ill or get lice in his head. The boy was stunned to hear this and began to tingle in every nerve and inquired, Perhaps I'm wrong. I ought not to have talked like this. Will the great God be annoyed with me? With these thoughts within him, he began to cry. As he sobbed, he felt comforted and in harmony with the higher power. In that blissful state, he had a vision of God. The celestial visitant consoled him with the words, I shall accept all thy offerings, for I am well pleased with thee. In the meanwhile, Moses, having reached the heights of Mount Sinai, sat in meditation and felt within him the voice of God, saying, O oh Moses, I am thoroughly annoyed with thee. Thou art guilty of breaking the heart of that shepherd boy who is communing with me with all love and affection. The prophet was surprised and said, O oh God, his words were not of love, but were blasphemous. The great God replied, Thou knowest that the world of that boy contained nothing else but barley bread, spinach, goat's milk, and lice. I gave thee wisdom, and hadst thou utilized it, thou wouldst not have spoken like this. I sent thee into the world that thou mayest knit me to those who are separated from me, and not that thou shouldst rent asunder loving hearts that are one with me. Azur possessed this attribute in great abundance. He would unite thousands of people in one common brotherhood. All of us that are assembled here belong to that great fraternity into which Hazur bound us together. 
we must not only live in peace and harmony, but have love and affection for all humanity. This would only be possible when one understands the true import of Hazur's teachings. Generally, when such high souls pass away, the following degenerates. Petty-mindedness creeps in and we begin worshipping mammon and sin. Azur used to tell us that when a high soul comes into the world, the worshippers of wealth and women also gather around him. Hence he said, whatever a person asked of me, I grant it. He who wanted riches got riches. He who wished for lands was given lands. Those who wanted me alone got me in abundance. If today, as we sit to commemorate the anniversary of Hazur, we could learn one lesson, namely to love all and to entertain no evil thoughts for others, this memorial service would not be in vain. In case you have already learnt this lesson, it is well and good. But if not, we must learn it now. We must purify our minds. For God loves the man who is pure in heart and makes such a heart alone his resting place. Christ has said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God does not live in high heavens. He is just within us. But our minds, impure as they are, fail to reflect his holy presence. Always carry the sweet memory of Hazur with you. As you think, so shall you become. God is enamored of his own attributes, and these one can know from a God-man. What then are those virtues? He blesses everyone with sustenance, and it does not matter if the person be a robber or a dacoit. He loves all. You too should therefore love his creation. You have not yet seen God, but have seen the God-man alone. If you were to contact the God-man and merge your identity in him, you will automatically acquire his merits and attributes because of the well-known aphorism, as you think, so you shall become. The result will be that you will become a guru-man, and the guru, the master, being God-man, will himself dye you in the color of God. In this way, you will realize the presence of God within you. And that, indeed, is the summum bonum of life. In the association of a God-man, we can get a real life impulse, and this life impulse can be developed by constant dwelling on him and by literal obedience to his behests. That alone is the way to salvation. And that is the last portion of that particular talk. And if we have a tape.
now he says that how does the master become the liberated ones from this material of the world? Guru Nanak Sahib calls that sound as the Shabad or as the Bani, the Shabad or the sound which is coming from our real home. So the masters lovingly tell us that the masters lovingly tell the disciples that the sound is coming from our real home. If you will listen to that Shabbat, if you will listen to that sound current, and if you will do your devotion, then you will also become the liberated ones, like the master who has been listening and who has been manifesting that sound within himself has become. Guru Arjun Dev Ji Maharaj, ye nahi kende ki wo bani mere andar hi hai, nahi sunda hai, nahi malik ke dare karna hai, wo kare lagi nahi, wo saare aap andar samayi hui hai. Guru Arjan Dev Ji Maharaj does not say that I am the only one within whom that Bani is manifested or I am the only one who is listening to that Bani. He says that no, it is not like that. It is coming in within everyone. It is manifested within everyone. He is the most fortunate one who listens to that Bani or the Shabbat and he who follows that Bani or he who follows that sound, he reaches his real home. He said that this is not the Bani which can be read or which can be written in any language or which can be sung. This is this Bani is the unwritten law and unspoken language. Jin Jin Japi तिन पाया ने चल थानाए सतगुर की मैं Sajobai had said that even if I turn all the waters of all the oceans into the ink, and even if I make the paper using all the vegetation, even if I turn the whole earth into the paper, and even if I make the pen using all the vegetation of this earth, will I be able to write the glory of the Master enough? The same thing Guru Arjan Dev Ji Maharaj is saying. He is saying that we cannot sing the praise of the Master, we cannot sing the glory of the Master enough. Only he who has become one with him knows his glory, and only he himself 
knows his glory and can sing his praise. Whatever the master does, he does in the accordance with the will of Lord. He connects the souls with the Shabbat Naam only in the will of Lord. Naam is like a gift which the master is holding for us. Guru Sahib says that when I am able to give that gift to the people who are supposed to get it, I become very happy. So Master is keeping that gift of Naam with him and when he is able to give that, when he is able to deliver that to the person who are supposed to get it, he becomes very happy. <laughs> You see that how Master Kripal crossed so many oceans, he went on the peak of the mountains, he went in the deserts, and how freely he gave this gift of Nam to the people who were supposed to get it, and how happy he became doing that. So Guru Arjan Devaji Maharaji, Guru so Guru Arjan Dev Ji Maharaj lovingly sang the glory of his master in this hymn because Guru Arjan Dev Ji Maharaj had become one with the master because he used to go within and he has seen that how the Master is present within everyone in all the different creations, in all the different divisions of the creations, in all the Khans and Brahman. And since he had realized that Master is the only one who can connect us with God Almighty, and Master is the only one who forgives our faults, and he is the only one who can take us back to the real home, that is why he sang the glory of his Master. So, ਮੈਂ so in order to give peace peace to our soul, we should follow the path on which we have been put by our beloved master. We should follow his teachings and we should do our meditation. Like Guru Arjan Devji Maharaj really told us, we should be grateful to our master for giving us this boon and we should do our practices wholeheartedly. Once again, I would like to repeat the words of beloved Lord Kripal, what he said about the satsang. 
He used to say that we should give up hundreds of important works to attend the satsang and we should give up thousands of important works to do the meditation. He also used to say that we should not eat the food until we have given the food of meditation to our soul. So I hope that you will understand this and you will remember the words of beloved Lord and you will attend the satsangs and you will do your bhajan and sing. ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਬੱਚਿਆਂ ਦਾ ਪਿਆਰ ਦੇਖ ਕੇ ਉੱਥੇ ਬੈਠ ਕੇ ਔਰ ਬੜਾ ਦੋਸਤੀ ਕਿਵੇਂ ਚੱਲ ਆਈ ਵੁੱਡ ਲਾਈਕ ਟੂ ਅਪੋਲੋਜਾਈਜ਼ ਫॉर ਕਮਿੰਗ ਲਿਟਲ ਲੇਟ ਇਨ ਦ ਸਤਸੰਗ ਬਟ ਵੈਨ ਵੀ ਵੈਂਟ ਇਨ ਦ ਚਿਲਡਰਨ ਸਤਸੰਗ ਲੁਕਿੰਗ ਐਟ ਦ ਲਵ ਆਫ ਦ ਚਿਲਡਰਨ ਆਈ ਜਸਟ ਸੈਡ ਥੈਟ ਐਂਡ ਆਮ ਸੌਰੀ ਫॉर ਦ ਡਿਲੇ ਆਈ ਲਾਈਕ ਟੂ ਆਈ ਵੁੱਡ ਲਾਈਕ ਟੂ ਅਪੋਲੋਜਾਈਜ਼ ਫॉर ਦੈਟ Our final bhajan is on page 21 va mere sawan and we will have prashad while this bhajan is being sung great are you my sawan great are you my giver you are the support of the miserable ones you dwell within all but are different from all you can make a beggar rule over a kingdom and you can turn a king into a beggar You can make an ignorant one into a scholar and you can turn a scholar into a fool. Sometimes you spread your jolly for alms and sometimes you become a giver. You can change the water into earth. You can change the earth into a well and over that well you can create a mountain. You can make the sky cover the earth. You can make the risen sky fall. you yourself become the support of him who has no protector in this world there is no one without you you dwell within all whether he is king or pauper your light is within everyone your plays are unique you make your presence felt everywhere you have liberated demons like kode and vali kandari You have even liberated sinners like Ganaka the prostitute. Your plays are unique. Sometimes you become a trader and open a shop. Sometimes you do farming. As the sons are dear to the mother, the devotees are dear to you. And being controlled by the devotees, you do everything for them. Ajay's fortune has awakened. He met you. the beloved sawan great are you my sawan great are you my giver you are the support of the miserable ones you dwell within all but are different from all bhajan of sanchi on page 21 va mere sawan va mere tata dukhiyata saharatu gat gat devi che vasta hoya fir hai sapton yaratu va mere saavan va mere tata dukhiyata saharatu gat gat devi che vasta hoya फिर है सब तो न्यारा तू 
बेकारी तेराज करावे राजा ते बेकारी हो कलमोरकते पंडत करबो पंडत ते मुगदारी हो बेकारी तेराज करावे राजते बेकारी हो कलमोरकते पंडत करबो पंडत ते मुगदारी हो करके जोली करके जोली बिकिया बंद कितने दतारू गत गत जलते तल कल तलते कुपते मेर गरावे हो दारती ते आकाश चढ़ावे चढ़ते आकाश गिरावे हो जलते थल कर तलते चढ़ावे चढ़े आकाश गिरावे हो जिस जगते कोई न रखा जिस जगते कोई न रखा आपे पने सहारा तू गत गत दे ज्योत है तेरी क्यारा जा क्यारा ना हो तेरी बाजो कोई न काली हर एक बीच समाना हो गया 
गत गत देवी चोत है तेरी क्यारा चा क्यारा ना हो लीला तेरी अच पनियारी लीला तेरी अच पनियारी हरता कर गत गत देवी चसदा होया फिर है सब तो न्यारा तू वा मेरे सावन वा मेरे दाता दुखिया दहारा तू गत गत देवी चसदा होया शवार के तारे तारिया वाली कंदारी हो पापन गन का तारी दाता तेरी लीलनियारी हो को शवार के तारे गत गत देवीच वसदा होया फिर है सब तो न्यारा तू वा मेरे सावन वा मेरे दाता दुखिया दहारा तू बिच बसदा गत 
गत देवीच बसदा फिर है सब तो मेरे सावन वा मेरे दाता दुखिया बसदा होया फिर है सब तो ग्रेट आर यू माई सावन ग्रेट आर यू माई गिवर यू आर द सपोर्ट ऑफ द मिसबल वंस यू ट्वेल विद इन ऑल बट आर डिफरेंट फ्रॉम ऑल मे गॉड ब्लस इच एंड एवरी वन